0: Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground.
1: Welcome to the mystical underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Trish McGregor
2: and Rob McGregor
1: and our tech magician producer John Posey. You can go to themysticalunderground.com where we make regular posts, and you can find out about our books. Our most recent nonfiction is Phenomena harnessing your psychic abilities. Trisha's latest novel is Skin Shifters and Rob's latest novel is Tulpas.
2: Okay, uh, our guest today is Candace Sanderson who lives in Naples, Florida, which is across the state from us. We're in West Palm Beach. Her life changed in a 10 minute period of time in August, 2013, when she began to receive information from messengers from other worldly sources. When her training as a psychologist failed to explain these events, uh, she re- reluctantly followed the breadcrumbs bread down the path, which resulted in extraordinary adventures into the unknown. The reluctant messenger and the reluctant messenger returns chronicle her expedition across a vast expanse of universal consciousness that led to new truths about life that she thought She had known so well, so welcome, Candace. Thank
3: you for joining us.
2: Should be interesting.
3: Thank you so much for having me. This sounds like a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, so you had worked as a school psychologist for years. Uh, Can you Mm -hmm. begin by just telling us a bit about what that was like (laughs) and- uh, Sure. Yeah, we're wondering, did did you ever make decisions or take actions that were based on intuitive nudges back then?
3: Back then, I really didn't. Initially, my training was in clinical psychology. Then I went back to school and actually became dually certified as both a school psychologist and a clinical psychologist.
4: Hmm.
3: And Rob and Trish, my life was all about science. I, my life was steeped in the scientific method. I mean, if you could not measure something with your physical senses... In my world, it didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So if, if, you know, if I couldn't taste it, feel it, hear it, smell it, you know, it meant nothing to me. Mm-hmm. So I once I started receiving messages and I was still working, I retired a couple of years ago in 2018, but these messages began in 2013. So I had between that period of time and when I retired where I have this dichotomy. My training says (laughs) one thing, but then my intuition comes in and says, wait a minute, what you see may not really be what's true. So Mm -hmm. I learned to use my intuition, but still maintain that sacred, you know, because it was sacred if you're a psychologist, Mm -hmm. you know, clinical method of how you deal with people. But I did it smartly because I used my heart.
4: Yeah. Were you
1: working with uh, kids? I mean, like young kids or what what age group?
3: Well, um, I was working in the school system in Uh Collier County Public Schools, and I worked with elementary schools, but I also had sometimes I would work with the high school. So Mm -hmm. I was working with school age students. Sometimes the younger ones, sometimes the older ones. Yeah.
2: So when you received your first message, how did you distinguish it from your own thoughts? And tell us about how that happened.
3: <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, that is, that is just something I will never forget. I was driving to work early one morning and I'm, I'm always early, an hour early. You know, it's that private time when you can get so right. much stuff done. Mm-hmm. So I'm driving to work. Sun, the sun hadn't even come up yet. I'm paying attention to the road oh, a little bit, like halfway, but it's like when your car's on automatic pilot. Mm-hmm. I was actually thinking about, okay, what's the day going to look like? I knew I had back to back meetings. And all of a sudden, this thought dropped into my awareness. And I immediately knew this was not something from me. I knew it was like something for me. Hmm. It was, um, it was a message about a flower. And let me just, you know, just summarize that. Um, This message said that a plant draws energy deep within mother earth, and then it ascends toward father sky. Hmm. And when it's in perfect alignment with source it produces a flower and then the message said a flower is a flower so you take the word flower and hyphenate Uh it a flower of energy and it ended with let us all be flowers of energy and i'm Hmm. thinking what on earth is this (laughs) you know i knew it wasn't for me i didn't use words like source and father sky or i i didn't then and the phrasing, the vocabulary—it wasn't mine. And I oh. thought, "What is this?" I knew it wasn't from me. Yeah. It was- so you, were you
2: were you able to uh, uh, you know, then write write it down? Were you able to remember it uh, clearly enough that you, because you, you were know, driving at the time? Yeah.
3: I did. I'm you know, luckily it was a short drive, ten or twelve minute <laughs> drive to yeah. work. Mm-hmm. But my first thought as this ran through my mind was. Going back to my clinical training as a psychologist, mm. was okay, Candace, this is nice. Um, what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I was going trained, on. <laughs> yeah. And not only what's going on, Trish, but what's wrong? Because uh-huh. I was trained to look at pathology. What's wrong with me? Oh, so that's what I started doing. I mean, in my head, I was running through the criteria for psychosis in the DSM-5. You know, I mean, my heart is like pounding and I'm thinking, no, no, no. And then, you know, I took this deep breath and I thought, you know what? I am not crazy. I was not psychotic. I knew knew where I was. I was oriented to time, place, and person. Yet I couldn't explain what had happened. Hmm. So I just dismissed it. You know, it's like one of those, um, you know, mystical experiences, right. I right. yeah. You
4: know,
3: but I had more important things to do,
4: yeah. Like,
3: I had no idea that this was an event that would change my life, yeah. But I was too intent on getting to work an hour early, so I just didn't <laughs> think about it, you know. Right. So, you
1: didn't think about the rest of the day, or
3: no, I didn't think about it at the moment. I thought, let's get to work.
4: Yeah. But hmm. then
3: a few minutes later, I got to work and I, you know, gathered all my belongings. I'm going inside the door. I mean, you know, no <laughs> one's there. I, I've got my car keys in my hand. I'm walking toward the door, and all of a sudden I stop dead in my tracks. Hmm. And something distracted me and i mean i can remember it to this day i mean if i were back there i could tell you within three inches where i was standing huh. i turned to my right and there was a tree <laughs> okay you all are from florida or you <laughs> live in florida so you know what a royal poinciana tree right yeah yeah it's yeah. a beautiful it's tree gorgeous. Big, yeah. gnarly trunk and it has these like wide branches that reach up. And, and this was covered It had this beautiful canopy of these vivid red, orange blossoms. Right. Hey, that's that a gorgeous tree. Like
4: yeah.
3: It. Yeah. it is, it, they look like orchids.
4: Mm-hmm. And
3: the, the sun was just starting to come up and then light was filtering through the leaves of the tree. And it was just created these absolutely gorgeous patterns of shadow and light on Hmm. the ground. And I just stood there, I'm sure my mouth was open, (laughs) (laughs) but I was just in awe. And I realized here I am alone with the tree and I had the most, I had the oddest, but most inspiring thought.
4: Uh.
3: I wasn't alone. Hmm. On some level, that I can identify now, but I didn't uh-huh. then, I realized this is not just a living tree. This tree is just as much alive as I was, hmm. and it's you know, in retrospect, this was a mystical experience. Yes, I yeah, definitely. Nice. Yeah, and but, it and you,
2: know you'd walk by. Yeah, you'd walk by that tree many times, right, without really oh, paying much attention.
3: Hundreds. Hundreds of time, And you know, Rob, it's a tree. It was a <laughs> tree. <so funny. laughs> but this day, it wasn't. It called to me. And as I'm standing there mesmerized by it, all of a sudden, my focus goes to this teeny tiny little bud, this bud that had not yet flowered. And then all those thoughts that I'd had, You know, that message I had had about let us all be flowers Mm -hmm. of energy, that all came back to me. And I realized, you know, there was something really significant Mm -hmm. to this. Hmm. This was something very deep. I hadn't really discovered it yet, but I knew I was guided to the tree to see this bud. So I went inside the building, you know in the back of my mind i keep thinking we are the flowers <laughs> we are the flowers of energy just waiting to bloom this represented us potential and when i walked in that building i had i did not know that i had just taken my first steps into the unseen world of spirit hmm. and i would i would never be the same i went straight to my computer turned on my my old clunky desktop, and and documented everything that happened. Because that's what my trainee as a psychologist told right. me to do, document
1: well, it. Now, you mentioned your daughter. What, did you ever talk about this with her?
3: Oh, yes. I, I have two children. I have a, a daughter who lives here in Naples and a son who lives in Nashville, Tennessee. huh. Well, I, you know, first didn't really want to tell anybody. <laughs> and I finally started opening up and I shared it with family, I started sharing it with friends, and then there was some online group that that wanted me to start sharing messages. I mean, what had happened to me that day with, with the flower and the tree then grew, and to use that flower analogy, blossomed, mm. and I started Receiving message from messages from people who had passed away. I started receiving messages from star systems, huh. from uh, you know, religious yeah. icons, but so, it just it it just it changed my life.
2: Yeah. So the, your second message came a couple of weeks after that first one, and that was from a dead person, uh, somebody you knew, right, who had died.
3: Yes, absolutely, and it, it was interesting because. This teacher came to me. Her name was Becky, and she was a kindergarten teacher that I used to work with. Just a lovely, lovely person. And all of a sudden, she just drops into my awareness, and That's she so tells weird. me she's looking out over Marie, who's a, a mutual friend. Uh-huh. And she said, let Marie know she's going to be okay, that she's going to have a health challenge. Hmm. But She's, but not, but don't be afraid. And then I started getting other messages from people. But what I realized was after these messages came in, I was the one learning lessons. It wasn't a matter of just sharing these messages with other people. I started learning on about the other side. Like with Becky, for example, i learned that our loved ones, our family, our friends, They watch over us just as they did when they were alive. That part doesn't change at all. What does change is that they know more than we do. They have this larger, grander perspective. They know what we're going through and to some extent what the future might bring. Uh,
1: Did you see Becky or was this just her voice or what?
2: How did you know it was her
3: Okay. Well, you know, now I can tell you, I know it was her because of her energy, because I can uh-huh. read energy. Back then, I didn't know. Now, when I tell you that I hear these words and I write these things down or, or I'll dictate them. But let me just say a little bit about how I get the messages. They come in so specific. What I learned to do was to always have my iPhone with me when I would get in my car every morning. I would hit record. And the messages would just pour forth. Now, I'm paying wow. attention to the road, but it's so early. You know, there's not much traffic. So I'm concentrating enough on my driving. But then there's another part of me that remains open. And that's where the messengers would come through.
1: They so you would, would just ask- speak the messages into the iPhone and record them that yes. way?
3: Yes. Wow. Now, Trish, I did not hear them with my physical ears. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. but they came in they were so specific it was as if I had heard them. I mean I mm-hmm. had oh college students would love this I had the <laughs> ultimate spell check I had I had a spiritual spell check. The messengers would tell me when to start a new paragraph. Wow. They, would, <laughs> they would tell me how to end a sentence you know period exclamation cool. <laughs> yeah. listen to this. If I made a mistake, they would say, strike that. And then they, <laughs> you know, it was wonderful. And then they would give me the correct wording. It's like if an they English teacher had,
1: over your shoulder.
3: <laughs> exactly. It was wonderful. And if I had, um, if they gave me a word I didn't know about, I I would know how it was pronounced and how it was spelled. Hmm. And, you know, I got to the point where you know, after after a while, I'd collected like hundreds of messages, and then I started checking them. Um, there were there were things that I could um, could validate through after the fact research. Huh. Now, being a psychologist, I was trained to be an objective observer. Mm-hmm. So, when the messages came in, I didn't immediately judge. And say, okay, that's not true. What is yeah. that? That's crazy. That's I important. Just yeah. let the energy flow. And mm. then, kind of like what I had been trained during graduate school, if you're doing an experiment, you come up with a, an hypothesis or hypotheses, right. how many you have. You run all the data, you run your experiment, you look at the data, and only then do you judge whether hypothesis was correct or not right Mm -hmm. when i connected Mm -hmm. with these it's all energy so by not judging i kept the energy flowing i didn't have my ego to say that's wrong that's right whatever i just let the information flow and that is what made all the difference being Uh objective and just allowing Hmm.
2: so you're collecting these uh keeping track of these and a notebook or uh,
3: file or iPhone. <laughs> well, most of it, and and that that time back in 2013, I worked at an elementary school, and what's significant about that is they had an early start, so I could commute, and dictate. Uh-huh. Later, I moved to a middle school that starts in in our school district later. And it's right. like I would not dare try to do that at nine o'clock in the morning with a lot of traffic. <laughs> But most of the time, I would just dictate this information into my iPhone during that early morning commute. If I was in a situation where a message would be coming and there were people around, Mm -hmm. um, I'd learn to always have a notebook with me. Uh And I would just write those messages down. I would get home every day and I would um, transcribe the messages. So, uh, you were leading a dual life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Interesting.
2: So, could you then or now uh, control when the messages come? I mean, can you ask for a message and then it would it appears now, or is what what's the relationship?
3: Yeah. Rob, that's a good question because I've always known that I could ask for a message, but I didn't want to do that because yeah. it's it seemed more genuine. Mm-hmm. Authentic if it came spontaneously. Right. Um, What's happening now? Because um, I'm pretty much staying home. I'm retired, and then I don't. And because of COVID, you know, I'm not really socializing. Well, I never really socialize that much anyway. (laughs) But it gives me an excuse to stay at home. But I used to, after I retired, I would go to meditations, and during the meditation, usually before a meditation the information would just download to me. And that was a perfect hmm. place mm-hmm. to, you know, to get the messages, right. but I don't have that anymore. So I've just started sitting down and asking questions and the answers come forth. Huh. But early on, I just waited because it's like, like yeah. well, they're going to come to me whenever they need to, whenever I want to. Hear. Sometimes they would come to me at, at really inopportune times. Like when I was in the shower, you know, I'd get up, get ready to go to work. And all of a sudden this message comes and I would say, whoa, whoa, hold off. Like they did not have any understanding or they didn't care, I don't know, of personal space and personal yeah. boundaries. So I would say, hold off. And they would. <laughs> I would They would wait till I got in the car. I'd hit record and, and then they would, the messages would come forth. Now, about
1: your friend, okay, when you picked up uh, about your friend who had died and she made the health prediction about another woman, did that come to pass?
3: It did come to pass, but mm. what? there were several others that were even more significant. What I realize now is as I look back over those messages, the messages for the people who were still living, those weren't so important what was important were the pearls of wisdom they were giving me like for example one of the uh, a message that came in a shortly time to- a short time after becky was a young man that i called john and he had neurofibromatosis a degenerative disease where at in his mid-30s he had wow. become completely um you know, handicapped, he, he was in a wheelchair and he couldn't talk. And when he came to me, he said, oh, this, he said he had chosen that life. Oh, you mean, so he did pass.
4: Yeah.
3: Oh, yes, he passed. Yeah, but okay. he said he had chosen that life.
4: Mm-hmm. So the lesson I,
3: I learned from him was we, Well, no, he didn't say why, but I I know now those were lessons for his soul and his soul's progression. Mm. Those were lessons for his parents. Um, He told me he had chosen that life and that his mother had um, had so many regrets that he couldn't live the, quote, typical life. He never got married, never had children. Mm. And he said he would have, he never would have traded his life for, for what he had, wow. that he had these just beautiful, loving parents who gave and gave and gave for him. Mm-hmm. But when he came through on the other side, he was in this state of perfection. Huh. But he told me, when he told me he had chosen that life, it made me realize that on the other side before we come to earth we make sacred contracts mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. decide what challenges we want in that lifetime. Yeah. Now, this was a real game changer for me because I grew up uh, in the Bible Belt of Western Kentucky.
4: Oh
1: wow.
3: <laughs> I I grew up as a This Southern is the kind of Baptist. stuff that could get you
1: hung 100, <laughs> yes. 150 years ago.
3: <laughs> yes. And, you know, we read the Bible all the time. The, you know, if the church doors were open, we were first in line. Hmm. And the Bible never talked about reincarnation. No. Or if it did, they never shared that part with us. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I am confronted with information that is totally new to me. But then, I mean, now I believe in reincarnation. It just makes sense. There are, you know, we are eternal. Our, whatever you want to call it, whether it's your higher self, your soul, your spirit, your true essence, Mm
4: -hmm.
3: that lives on. And people like John, he came to this world. He led led a very short and I'm sure a very painful life because of his physical limitations. No, this wasn't someone
2: you, you. This wasn't someone you knew, though.
3: No, it was uh-huh. a, a lady that I worked with. It mm-hmm. was her son. Oh, okay. so oh, wow! I knew of him. <clears throat> okay. Uh,
4: hmm.
3: So I had more and more people like that who would come in, give me messages for their loved ones, uh-huh. but they started sharing these tidbits of information. That made me realize there is a such thing as reincarnation.
2: Mm-hmm. Was that... That
3: we do that travel near, as groups of souls. Yeah,
2: was that near his time of death uh, when you received that?
3: Um, I'm trying to think. I think he had died like a year and a half before. Okay. I think like maybe, maybe 18 months before.
2: And you
1: shared this with your with the mother?
3: Actually, I didn't. I shared it with the mother's best friend, who uh-huh. is my best friend.
1: Okay. You know,
3: back then, I was pretty... Um, hesitant yeah it's like um, here I'm going to tell someone this and right. they're gonna think that I'm nuts I realize now it's okay and and I will share those messages directly but back then it's like oh no'm I'm, I'm a little too scared so unless I really knew the person individually if I knew um, someone who could be an intermediary <laughs> right, I would right, use, right. yeah I've always yeah. been kind you know, yeah. scary cat when it comes to things like that. <laughs> uh, Candice, what sign are you? What, what What's your birthday? Um, December 21st. So I'm right on the cusp. So That's I'm a edge. Sagittarius. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, it's interesting because I've never really followed um, those kind of things because I have a twin sister. Oh, wow. We're Identical? S- no, we're fraternal. We're as uh-huh. different. As night and day, but our births are separated by three minutes, hmm. and she is so different than I am that I've always thought, well, there can't be anything real about, you know, when you were born. I mean, I realize now that's that's not true. Three minutes can can make a big difference. Right. But um, you know, I'm Sagittarius. Does that mean something to you? Well, I
1: ask because in in a in a birth chart. Which is just, it's like a blueprint of potential. You can see what the soul intended, you know, for this lifetime, but whether or not it un- unfolds depends on your
3: choices. And, Does and that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. The more that I'm in these beautiful frequencies from the other side, the more I realize that everything is a choice. Mm-hmm. Now we know that we have you know free will and and we we may have said on the other side we're going to do a b c right. and d and then when we get to c we think oh no 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 that's too tough I don't want to do that I don't want to learn that lesson. We always have this free will but
1: right
3: but everything in life I see now as a choice. I see the world through the lens of energy. I used to see it through the empirical lens of data collection Uh as a psychologist.
1: (laughs) What a difference.
3: It's totally different, (laughs) it totally is. But now I realize we are connected to our greater selves through the most intelligent organ of the body, which is the heart. Mm -hmm. We know that the brain is the organ of intelligence, but that most intelligent organ is the heart, Mm-hmm. That is what connects us to the divine. Mm-hmm. That is, in a sense, a portal to the other side. And we can use that wisdom of the heart to help guide us. I mean, our angels and guides, or whatever you want to call them, are around all the time. But we're not always in a space where we can hear that energy. Yeah, but- we're not
1: always receptive. <laughs>
3: But you know what? As we learn to let go of negativity and embrace higher vibrational frequencies like love and laughter and gratitude, that door starts to open and we start to receive beautiful energies from the other side.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Candace, um, I'm curious about how this started, or why this started for you. Uh, so were you a meditator before you began receiving these messages? <laughs>
3: Absolutely, excuse me. Absolutely not. Um, okay. You know, I, my the first book is the Reluctant Messenger: Tales from Beyond Belief. It's got a really long subtitle, but it's important. It is, you know. Well, let me let me start on the first part. Okay. Tales from Beyond Belief: The stories that I tell in this book seem like tales. They seem like stories, mm-hmm. and I don't know that everyone would believe them because I had trouble believing them, and they were my experiences. Right, right. But the um, the longer subtitle is an ordinary person's extraordinary journey into <laughs> the unknown, and that's what says it's all all of it. It's I am an ordinary person, so Rob, I didn't meditate. I mean, I could see it if I was just this person who meditated and prayed all the time and I was so connected. People would say, oh, I can see why she can connect with angels. Mm-hmm. No, I'm a psychologist driving to work one day thinking about my <laughs> work schedule. But
2: but you had gone to the Monroe Institute, hadn't you, before this or was oh, that yes, later?
3: I, I, uh, well, both, before and after. I have always been fascinated in these types phenomena. And Mm -hmm. I've gone to the Monroe Institute. I've taken some of their programs. But was I someone who had a skill set? No. Was I someone who could meditate beyond just listening to um, their sound-based technology at Monroe? No. Was I one who got these beautiful messages and I just know they're from the divine? No, I didn't. Mm -hmm. until until now i'm kind of uh, jumping into the next book until a program i attended at monroe institute and i didn't even realize this which program was it after the fact i attended a graduate level Uh program called lifeline okay lifeline is where you retrieve people. I'm using air quotes for people or souls or spirits, you know, uh, of people who have just passed, but they haven't quite made it to the other side. Now, the other side, with my Judeo-Christian background, I would call that heaven, but mm-hmm. not Bob Monroe. He was the ultimate scientist. He called that He really was. Yeah. So he called that focus 27
1: uh-huh. right?
3: or the park. But yeah. what we were supposed to do using their sound-based technology was that's to... the HemiSync, right? That's, they were using HemiSync uh-huh. then. They have more tech, sound-based technology now, but using their HemiSync, mm. they would guide you. Okay, now go to this level and, right. and you, you don't have to do anything. The, um, the frequencies take you there.
4: Uh-huh.
3: And, you know, find someone, find a newcomer. So we were supposed to find someone who had recently passed, Mm. And we were supposed to help guide them to the other side. Hmm. So I am, you know, this is before I opened. In fact, here's the timing. It was two weeks before this happened with my um oh, That's interesting. From. Two, yes, weeks, before, so that's,
1: yeah. two uh. weeks before. So that's. Two
3: weeks before. When I came home from Lifeline, two weeks later, I was channeling.
4: Wow. And, okay.
3: and it was Lifeline- and a couple other things that opened the door, but I mm-hmm. didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. So during our first exercise there, you know, Bob always said, get get data, get ra-, you exactly. know, rank, you know, rank and serial numbers, so mm-hmm. you can, you know, research this. Yeah. So here I am, you know, they're telling us to look for someone and I'm getting nothing. Now, <laughs> don't you realize I could not, I, I didn't meditate then. I could not even visualize. If someone told me to close my eyes and just imagine the Eiffel Tower, I would see a blank slate, (laughs) you know. I'm so different now because I have visions all the time, and sometimes visions actually are the messages, but not back then. Mm -hmm. So for whatever reason, and I know the reason now, while I was having this first exercise and nothing was happening, I reached outside my unit and for those who haven't been to Monroe, you're you're in a you're in a, a bed that looks kind of like um a, a sleeping berth on a mm-hmm. train. So it's like a wall, it's a single bed built into a wall with a heavy drape so that when you cover, you know, you close the opening, it's you know completely dark. Mm-hmm. Well, I reached outside and grabbed my phone and opened my app and and hit record. All of a sudden <laughs> I got this man's first and last name. I'm Whoa. thinking, what? You know, it, and then I got Topeka, Kansas, and then I got the word Jackson. Now, huh. I didn't know what Jackson was, but I knew what it wasn't. <laughs> I knew it wasn't his name. It wasn't uh-huh. a family name. And, you know, so I'm I'm just recording this, and I'm thinking, you know, isn't it funny isn't this is great how your mind just makes these things up and just invents these things? You know, how curious is this? Well, a few minutes later, you know, it, the exercise ends and uh, we're all supposed to get together and, and regroup and go over, you know, the first retrieval. And uh-huh. I mean, it's retrieval anyway. Some people say that you're retrieving aspects of yourself. You know. It's like, are we really retrieving people who have died? Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> my phone was already in my hand, so I just Googled his first and last name, Topeka, mm-hmm. Kansas. As an afterthought, I put, I'll just type in obituary. Holy cow. Now, that's not the usually say from Kentucky, but I won't say that.
1: <laughs> it's okay. We swear so, on here. <laughs>
3: <okay>. Holy cow. <laughs> There's... His obituary. Jeez. Oh. Now. That must have blown Trish, you away. It absolutely did, but it, but Tricia was even more than that. As I'm reading his obituary, as I'm walking over to the other building for us to meet, there's the word Jackson. Oh, geez. He had worked at Jack's. I've got cold chills now talking about it. This beloved man had lived had worked at Jackson Correctional Facility. Jeez. Oh my gosh. Now, another thing, I didn't know until I was writing the book. So many years later I'm researching him again. When he passed, it was three months ago, to the day that I retrieved him. To wow. the
4: day.
3: Yeah. Now, How did he die? As I continue to read, he had cancer as i continued to read something else jumped out at me and it was the it was probably more significant than getting his first name last name city state and where he worked he was a psychologist oh my god
4: oh.
3: <laughs> exactly
1: That's a great synchronicity boy
3: exactly he was a psychologist and i'm so glad i didn't pick up on that because it allowed me to be surprised when I saw it, but it made sense. And what what I started with this, but I didn't know it at the time, was I was starting to look at the world through the lens of energy. This is why this beautiful man connected with me. Where had he been for three months? <laughs> I mean, what? No, waiting. There's no so problems. many there waiting. But waiting he shared waiting they sometimes they're confused they don't see the light sometimes especially if they've been sick mm-hmm. they're in a state of just deep rest they're they're just not awake yet there are some people that have been there for a long time and I've learned how to retrieve them but the reason they have us retrieve newcomers is they're fresh they're mm-hmm more closely related to us in the world of physicality oh, so you're cool. more likely to reach out to us huh. so when when I realized that we both shared that same energy frequency of psychologists it's like that's what made this all happen uh-huh. now after this program I got I mean during this program I got five and six other first last middle names <laughs> <here> that- <laughs> You know, but what happened at Lifeline, now, let me back up just a second. I can't imagine, you know, anything that's more worthwhile than to help someone on their last right. journey, you know. But that's not why I went. I wanted to see, I, it was a prerequisite for Starlines, and I wanted to go to store mm-hmm. Starlines. But going in there without an intention, without really caring whether I retrieved or not, <laughs> kind of goes back to what I was saying about being the psychologist. Yeah. If you're the objective observer, you don't care what happens. You wait till all the data is collected, and then you decide whether right. your hypothesis was true or false. Which is what did.
1: Monroe always recommended.
3: Exactly. Uh-huh. Absolutely right. But what happened when I came home is my, not not my life, it hadn't transformed yet. I had transformed.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I no longer believed any of this. I mean, I had been a fan of Monroe for years. Yeah. I believed everything they said. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But I no longer believed any of it. I knew it to be true. Mm -hmm. Those beliefs became knowns. And because of that, in retrospect, I understand now, that became a tipping point for me. So that two weeks later, school has started back. I'm driving to work and voila. Hmm. My world opens up. Yeah.
2: That's pretty incredible. Yeah. So you went back then to this what was it called Starline? Uh,
3: oh, I, I've been I've been to I think I've been to fifteen programs. Oh, okay. oh. right.
2: But uh, I, I suppose that's what led to these uh, cosmic experiences with uh, messengers, uh, messengers from other star systems, and uh, the ones that are you know look at a, a I, larger picture. Of do the, you know what? Reality.
3: Yeah. That, what an interesting point that you make because I'm, I'm trying to think of the dates. No, no, just a, a few weeks or a few days after I started getting messages from people who had passed, mm-hmm. I started getting messages from star systems. And oh, that's okay. long before I went to, to Starlines. Oh, okay. So Starlines was after the fact. Mm-hmm. But I opened up and Trish, since you, you know, apparently know a whole lot more about astrology than I do. I had a message from um, a star system and they called themselves Chiron. But I saw Mm. that it was spelled with the C-A. But I knew it was pronounced with the K, Chiron. And they were telling me how they were helping their sister star our son, they're helping her change the vibrational frequencies of Earth. To yeah, help I found it. that part of your book fascinating. Yeah. Well, you should have been in my shoes. I was <laughs> fascinated by it. The first thing I did is I looked up, I, I you know, in my search engine, I put C H I R O N, and I'm saying, Holy cow, again. There's Chiron, even spelled the way and pronounced the way that they had told me, hmm. and it's like this combination of of asteroid and comet and star or whatever, and it's like, oh my gosh, I couldn't make this up. Um, but it, it's so. Yeah, it, let me just say something
1: about Chiron. You know, in astrology, yeah. Chiron is known as the wounded healer, and it, it in a birth chart it shows where in life you have been wounded and how you can heal that wound. So okay. I find that fascinating about Chiron and the sun.
3: Oh my gosh. Yeah, okay, you know, we're gonna have to stop this because I'm getting ready to cry. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, when things come into me and I know that they're from source or from the other side, mm-hmm. uh, I get cold chills and I'm, I have cold chills everywhere. The wounded- Healer. Healer. The Wounded Healer. Mm-hmm. I want you to know that. And now I'm going into really the second book. I thought that Lifeline opened me, and it did. It did. But several months before that, in February of 2013, before and I went to Lifeline at the end of July in 2013, mm-hmm. I was back at Monroe Institute. I was uh, one of the leaders of their, what's called the LCN, the local chapter network. And we were doing this working retreat with all these people. You know, the LCN's the volunteer chapter, volunteer uh-huh. of Monroe. And so we're trying to get the word out there about Monroe. And I had some explaining to do because three months before that, um, in November, 2012, I had a thyroidectomy and oh, they, paralyzed, wow. they paralyzed my vocal cord.
1: Jeez.
3: My right vocal cord was paralyzed and I could not speak beyond a whisper.
4: Hmm.
3: I, I had to buy um, a voice box. Jeez. I had a headset, the microphone, and I carried this voice box, either hung it on a lanyard on my neck or on my belt you know, my voice, mm. my wisp would be projected. I had just been to the doctor to, you know, the surgeon and he said, you know, you, you're, it's paralyzed. You've got to go to a specialist. So he sent me to a specialist. I mean, we both knew my vocal cord was paralyzed. So I went to an ENT who put this tiny camera that felt like the size of a house <laughs> you know, up my nose and down my throat God. and he did a video scope of me. You know, I had to say, I, E, O, you know, all these. Uh-huh. sounds, And he said, yeah, your vocal cords paralyzed. I want you to come back next week because I can repair this surgically. Well, mm. I didn't go back the next week. <laughs> you know why? When I went to Monroe, here I am giving you know, some of the speeches, and I had my voice box with me, my God. and that's creating feedback with all the mics that we have. We had to have a mic for the recording for the room. We had like 50 people there,
4: mm-hmm. and then
3: we were recording. We were streaming. I had to have a mic for the streaming one, and so while they're fixing me with mics, I'm telling everyone what happened, because I know there's a lot of healers there, and I say, you know, please send me healing energy, so that night, they did they oh did it a- for me. And oh my god, I was just so thankful. But you know what? Right after the healing group, you know what happened? You could Nothing. talk. Nothing. Nothing. I still couldn't talk. But <laughs> that's, okay. that's OK. It was wonderful. Now, fast forward to the very last day of the retreat. Retreat was only three days. It was a long weekend. And the retreat ended. <clears throat> Monroe was working with their newer base sound-based technology, SAM, Spatial Angle Modulation, mm-hmm. and this was SAM 2.0. They, We have like 50 people there, and they wanted us to test it. We had three selections, and we had little notes where we had to rank all the selections. We went back to our units, we listened, and during the second selection, Buddha, sorry, came to me Buddha I'm already, uh-huh. already said I'm from Western Kentucky Buddha was not on my radar <laughs> that's, that's why I knew this was not from me. Buddha came to me and he said quote be silent for 24 hours and you will be healed
1: wow, wow. <laughs>
3: It was hard to be silent. I wanted to shout that, which I couldn't shout, but I did have my voice box. Um, a snowstorm came in that night and uh, all outgoing flights early the next morning were canceled. I couldn't call and change those. I was not gonna talk. <laughs> Other people took care of me. They changed my flights. By the time I got home the next day, the 24 hours had passed. My voice was back. Oh, no, it I was. God.
4: That's not incredible.
3: Only, Trish, not only was this a miracle, it was a medically documented miracle. Right. Now, this Did you tell is, the guy that you went to, the MT? <laughs> no, because when I checked out, they wanted me to schedule an appointment. You know, what do you want uh-huh. next or Thursday? And I said, I'll call later. I mean, you know, I just said, you know, I'm going out of town. I'll call later.
4: Mm-hmm. I
3: never made that call. I never <laughs> went back. I never went back. You know, I go back to work the next week and people are looking at me like, what? Where's your voice box? What's happened? Mm-hmm. Some actually, uh-huh. you know, when confronted with something that's new to you, um, some people actually didn't believe it. It's like, well, mm. she must have been faking it for three months. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> God. Like, three months. I eh? had the medical proof. I had a vi- well, I don't, but the doctor had the video scope scan hmm. to show it.
2: Now, why do you so think I'm that not... experience happened to you?
3: Well, um, that's a <inaudible> mind blowing
2: experience. This, this is that's... my
3: very loose association. It all just came to me when Trish said, wounded healer. Right. And I was wounded. I became healed.
4: Okay. Hmm.
1: And now you're healing and... other people.
3: You yes. See? Yeah, that is yes. really cool. And Chiron was was I was like within one or three days I had like two or three, um, star beams or star I don't know what else to call them that came to me, and Chiron was one of the first ones. Mm. So for you to share with me about him being the wounded healer, I had to share that story. Yeah, yeah that, that is a great story. Great. Yeah, that is
1: good. Boy, yeah. That that really gives me some additional information about Chiron too. I mean.
3: Good, sometimes the good. healing,
1: well, yeah, sometimes, I mean, healing comes from a doctor or a hospital or whatever, but right, this is the true right. healing. Yes,
3: yes. I yeah, mean, this that's... was a true medical miracle. Now, I mean, I really expected when they did the, the healing group on me, it's like all these powerful healers that I was gonna be able to talk afterwards. <laughs> no, but boy hmm. I ever... oh, yeah. And I, we all got together and, and shared afterwards because this was part of their study. And I wrote out real fast what happened. And the lady next to me, I had her read it to everyone. You know, mm-hmm. what had happened, what I had mm-hmm. seen. Um, but Buddha, I mean, he wasn't even <laughs> in my orbit. Like, it's like the story with the, with, the, with the flower and reaching up to source and being in alignment. Those weren't words that I used. I right. mean, if, yeah. if I was going to make this up, I would have said Jesus Christ came to right. me. Right.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. So when yeah. the information Incredible. comes to you, and it is so out there, it is so not you, not right. your energy field, yeah. then it's like, okay, where is this from?
2: And you had this group of beings that uh, said they were from Alpha Centauri, uh, yes. who are concerned about Mother Earth. Uh, this group uh, talked about the sun having new sets of rays with frequencies. Now, that new, with new frequencies, that, that sounds pr- pretty bizarre. Can you talk a little bit about that? It seems pretty obscure information.
3: Well, and, and a lot of times, you know, after a while, I had collected hundreds of, you know, pages of, of messages. And some of it is obscure and I can't document it, but some of it I can. Mm -hmm. But what they told me is that they were changing the energy frequencies of their sister star, the sun, there's, you know, our sun, so that the frequencies that were coming to earth were just a little bit different, Mm -hmm. different enough where it would provide healing and, you know, specific healing for our earth. Now, What I have found since then, I've had lots of messages where the messengers have told me that the earth is going through um, a transformation, that the earth is going through an evolution. Now, I always thought, yeah, okay, I believe that because we're all evolving anyway. Um, You know, so in, you know, 20 years, 70 years, a thousand years, she's going to evolve. But what I'm finding out now is. This transformation is occurring now. It's the pandemic. It's our real time right now. And Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. A lot of it began with the pandemic. With the pandemic, we are being given choices. They told me, and this is how I start off the second book. You know, I now go back and look at the messages from the first book and (laughs) with a different, totally different point of view because they're talking about right now they told us that they told me that the world as you know it you you wouldn't understand you wouldn't see it Hmm. and i mean i was thinking okay these cataclysms and whatever no it's us and how we're changing that as earth is transforming and evolving to higher vibrational frequencies and that's what's happening with these new rays coming in from these other star systems helping our sun, giving her a different set of vibrational frequencies to help her as she moves. Now, luckily, as Gaia, which is the spirit of Mother Earth, Mm -hmm. those are terms I use now, I didn't then. (laughs) But as Gaia transforms, we're so lucky that she brings us along with her. Hmm. And this is why people like me an ordinary person can start opening up to the world of spirit. Mm -hmm. There is a veil between dimensions and the people that I talked to that have passed away, you know, they're, they're telling me that, that they're different, they're changed, but they're still living. They're still, they're still more, they're actually more alive than what we were, but Mm -hmm. they told Mm -hmm. me about sacred contracts they had, but When we come to this earth, we don't remember any of that. We pass through what the messengers have told me is what they call a veil of forgetfulness, because we have to forget those things. Because if we didn't, we couldn't learn the lessons that we're meant to learn.
4: Hmm. So- Well, that's
3: like
1: the River Sykes, is it? That you passed that the Hindus believe. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Candace, this is fascinating. Yeah, Candace, <laughs> I appreciate that. You don't try to come off as a prophet, as a saint, or as a cult leader. I mean, you, you try <laughs> to... i
4: not, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean, too many people have taken advantage of the gifts of messages and done exactly that. Yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You, also- you know,
3: I will always maintain I am an ordinary person. If mm-hmm. this stuff, not to use a Kentucky word, could happen to me it could happen to anyone by just being open and when something first happens, don't shut it down and be afraid mm-hmm. but just accept it. And as I look through the world through the lens of energy and and if I get out of bed the wrong way one day and I you know you know you trip or whatever and your day used to go downhill from that it's like no. Mm-hmm. You can choose to step into a different frequency. Uh-huh. We've been given uh-huh. this opportunity, and I look at it as an opportunity with the coronavirus, with COVID nineteen, to go within. And yeah. as we go within, we have an opportunity to inventory our lives. Uh-huh. What suits us? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. doesn't Resonate with it. Let it go and embrace. Higher frequencies of love and gratitude.
2: Candace, we're coming to close to the end we of need our hour. to have hour. her on again. Yeah, I have many more questions. Yes, but <laughs> before we leave, I've got to ask you about that last chapter. Uh, it's kind of a mind blower where you have this.
3: Oh, my gosh. Uh,
2: <laughs> it had a lengthy energy surge that allowed you to go for days with very little sleep, two to three hours, and you would go up run lo- in the middle of the running night. Running at three o'clock in the morning, and you hadn't been a runner for years, apparently because of an injury. Can you talk about that whole experience uh, and what it
4: led to?
3: No, I can't. <laughs> I, mean, I, I want to say no, I can't without crying, but. It you gotta buy the book and read it, but but it it was it was an absolute life changer where here I am, someone who had been in pain for years and years because of a severe back injury. All of a sudden, you know, within three or four days, I'm running miles each day. I have so much energy and I'm going to work not groggy-minded of someone who hasn't had but a couple hours of sleep, but alert, more alert than I've ever been in my life. And all of a sudden, and I still remember exactly where I was. I was running around, I live in a condominium and there's an atrium, was running around the atrium early in the morning. And all of a sudden I stopped because I saw creation. Hmm. Yeah. I experienced energies that were so holy and so sacred, so all-knowing, and I brought in these energies to my life, and that was that was probably one of the greatest experiences of my entire life. I'm still would've... trying to find out. Yeah. What it is.
2: So, was that like a, a vision that you experienced? Uh, how, how did it come to you? you
3: it, it, was, it was a vision that was more real than life itself. Huh. huh. Wow. I, I, It was sacred. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So, uh, I would like to really go into more detail about this, but we can't do it now. But we do a little side... Uh, episodes where we read some of the material from the books I would like to do like a 15-20 minute reading you don't have to participate in any of this but uh, giving your whole experience as it came to you as you've written it in that last chapter would you be uh, okay with that Uh, this would allow people to really understand what we're talking about here
3: Absolutely. I would be honored. Oh, that'd be
2: great. Yeah, because... Uh, Your it's book a, is so unusual. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's just... It's like, uh, you know, a new age or a new thought genesis, uh, <laughs> the creation myth, but it's much better than the original one where, you know, uh, the world was created in six days, you know? <laughs> you, right. don't, you don't have a time frame. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, uh, I think that would be a, uh, a good follow-up.
3: I, will, I would love to do that. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. i know
2: right. We'll keep in touch with uh, how that goes and what we're doing. And um, so I think you've given us. Uh, and tell tell uh, people where they can find you, your books, your website.
3: Well, great. Thank you, uh, Trish. I have a website, CandiceSanderson.com. You can find my books. Probably the easiest way is to find them on Amazon. True. I do have a YouTube channel. Okay. Um Okay with you know like over 80 videos and that was so hard it's like i, I don't like doing this kind of stuff but <laughs> the messengers made me but you can also <laughs> fo- you can also follow me on um you know on on twitter on facebook on linkedin and, and instagram you know just the
4: with, normal with your name
3: places. right places yes yeah. yes okay. Right, or if well, not, you know, get the reluctant messenger. You'll find me eventually. If you want to find me, you'll you'll find me. Very oh, good. Nigel
1: has been very good during this yeah, whole podcast. He always he's gets up at him. the. He knows
2: when the hour is ending. He always gets up, you know, and that's what he's been doing for the last couple of minutes. So. Oh. oh really Thank great. you very much. This is great, great.
3: Candice. Thanks so much. You are more than welcome, and thank you for having me this was and we'd a, love
4: see, that, I to It
2: would yeah, be a well, lot of fun. <laughs> maybe we'll have you back uh, later and do the second book. Yeah.
3: Okay, sounds good.
2: Okay.
0: okay. Yeah, bye Stay now.
3: safe. Thank you. All right, <laughs> you too. <laughs> okay, Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for joining The Mystical Underground. Visit www.themysticalunderground.com. For the latest blog post and book info. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at TheMysticCast. Send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical.